today on all about affordable nfts we're talking about whether or not nfts are growing up have we made it through the awkward puberty years of nfts and onto a maturity of such are we done are we not we'll see <laughs> he's thrilled he's thrilled with his intro so much i wish I, i'm trying to translate his face how's it going oh man uh, i was actually more confused about what was popping up on my my screen and which one i need to click here sometimes i get a little hesitant to click buttons that pop up oh i click hard and fast obviously especially when my wallet's connected yeah that's right for sure what's uh what's new in your wallet right now uh let's see i actually got a little airdrop from an artist scott carr he put out the let's see it's a specs of dust odyssey collection so they're little cartoons kind of along the Along the lines of some of the other pieces that he's done, I've got one of his pieces on Super Rare. I'll uh, I'll link it here. They're kind of fun little cartoons. They didn't... I haven't looked into them too much. I should actually. Let's see. They are at a point oh oh nine floor affordable right now. range. So uh, here, actually, yeah, maybe we uh, should talk about this one. I like the artist, I think it's relatively undiscovered, but I'll uh, pass that link along the notes anyway. Nice. Oh. Thanks to your handiwork, uh, I just minted on two drop. I got uh, two drops. I got on Sketch F from IpSketch. This is a affordable project we talked about not too long ago on FXHash.xyz, and it is pretty cool looking. Very much in uh, in his style of generated art. And it's an open series that he just keeps like naming along the alphabet. So he's gonna, he's good until Z, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess you do know there's a few more coming. So, but that's cool. Uh, and yeah, I saw that he, he reached out uh, via 3A NFT. So, good job uh, of putting that uh, that link in your your bio over on FX Hash. Yeah, 3A NFT, getting some love. I also uh, it's not affordable, but I noticed that uh, Tim Ferriss has got a thing on premint. It's a little. It's not affordable, and I don't love that it has to require half a half an ETH in your wallet. I don't. I don't love that for a project he's talking about having great art, but absolutely no promise of utility or value. It's like he's really going to be like, "Well, I told you it wasn't going to be worth anything." He's going to be sending a lot of that money into him, essentially like a, a longevity focused uh, foundation uh, that he's working on. So. I don't know. I, I think he is tight with Kevin Rose. He's got a lot of ins. It, it's something that I'm watching. I don't know if I would necessarily pull the trigger at 0.5, but that's coming up. That closes. And by the time you hear this, it's already closed. So you can sort of tell me what the future holds. I don't know if you're looking at that at all, though. That's yeah. That's an interesting one. I, I yeah. It's kind of too bad. I think he would have somewhat of the opportunity to do something leap up. Uh, like Gary Vee or something, not necessarily in the conferences, but some utility out of that NFT. And it's not necessarily that I'm always looking for that, but he's also not just an artist. So it's hard to take it as just an art piece. Yeah, right. I don't know where it falls. I don't know if it's on the like utility. I mean, it's on the nothing because he's like, this is worth nothing. I'm not going to do, I'm not, not, I'm not making any promises, but it might be one of those like under promise over deliver I, yeah, it's I, true. I, I, I mean, it, I guess it's somewhat of a fundraiser, it sounds like, for, for this, but just selling an NFT. So there could be potential of, of something, and there is proof that this has, that you did do it. Yeah. Well, the future us will know. Yeah. I might, I might, you know, I don't, we'll see. When, when is that one going, uh, going to come out? Well, it, it closed on October 21st. 
And, okay. Okay. And then I imagine there'll be a window where whitelist opens up, and then if all like whatever, I think it's something like eighty five hundred ish pieces probably won't be going. I haven't heard him actually pumping it on his podcast, which is interesting. You're like, hmm, that's curious. Yeah, I wonder if that's a a conscious decision to not get pushback from the people that would naturally maybe look at it as a... a, a A pump and dump grabs. kind of thing. Yeah, like, sort oh, of yeah I'm like trying to cash in for my audience. Like just assume NFTs are, NFT is a bad thing and maybe not wanting to sort of ostracize that crowd and assuming that the NFT crowd will find him <laughs> otherwise. Just because. Um, but yeah, that's a big, that's a big part of your audience not to get it out to. He is making ties to it. So like one of the requirements, which is really cool about pre-mint is that you have to be signed up for his email list through his like his podcast email list so there is an absolute connection there as well as like obviously following his silliness on twitter so he is pushing it on twitter and we'll see right like maybe we'll be covering it as an affordable project when everyone like dumps it after whatever launch or uh who knows yeah worth keeping an eye on anyway yeah what do we got in news Yeah, news. Oh, man. So Reddit has, with their NFT, their their foray into NFTs, how they uh, launched some or just uh, airdropped some initially and then made some for sale. Anyways, there's been over 3 million crypto wallets created uh, in response to these uh, NFTs. So this is big time adoption here. That's that's a lot of wallets. And we've talked about how oftentimes it's, it's, you know, in the hundreds of thousands and, and actively trading. So to add 3 million uh, new wallets is uh, is really meaningful. Yeah. And it's based on their snoo character, that little uh, alien looking jobby. And it's it's definitely a Trojan horse. Uh, and that's what like the memes are, are talking about. But 3 million, like that's the type of like quick adoption, short period of time based on utility on a web two platform that you expect to see again and again. Whether or not it's, it's kind of curious, what does your what does your activity look like if you're introduced via that platform? Do you stay in that ecosystem? Do you expand out? Do suddenly you like end up in Reddit forums that similar to uh, people that like to trade stonks, perhaps will maybe proliferate in terms of uh, NFT projects that they're hawking after? Yeah, I, I think one of the things. That sticks out to me here is that it's a, they started with a pretty, pretty adjacent community. Maybe these people weren't into crypto necessarily, but they seemed, there are people that understood uh, digital assets, or at least, and even owning an ID, the idea that you, you could already get your, your Reddit points and um, accumulate over time and you have a reputation. I mean, I think there's something to that. You can see how long someone's been a Redditor, they're Reddit birthdays. There were things that were sort of on-chain in that sense. Of course, not a public chain, but it was public as far as a user goes. So I, I think it's it's important to kind of important to look at that, how it's sort of adjacent. And I think there's a lot of communities that will start looking very adjacent to what others are doing in the NFT space. And I think that's a big part of how NFTs proliferate and we do see people come in. And it's not always a conscious decision of getting into NFTs as we've talked about in the past. Yeah, cool. That's the type of story we like to see. More, more of that. All right. Then we've got Beeple, the uh, the artist behind the, the most expensive, I believe, still uh, NFT still? ever sold. Yeah. yeah, he's setting up an 
in real life studio in Charleston. So pretty cool. It wants to, he wants to have this actually open and available for the public to go see as a gallery space. But as you can imagine, he's uh, he's putting a lot of resources towards this. So he's certainly uh, earned a lot. And it's cool that he is putting it into uh, developing this space. I don't I can't imagine exactly what it will be, but it, it sounds cool. Yeah, it's like a real IRL institution. It's pretty impressive. I'd like his his tweet, now is the time to build. I think you're hearing that mantra quite a bit across uh, NFT Web3 that prices are down, but building is up. Did spell build correctly, so I'm a little confused. I thought it was weird. DL, yeah. All right, so this one, uh, pretty big news. IRS, uh, the IRS has issued new tax guidelines for how to treat NFTs. So previously it was that they were being treated as collectibles. They're going to be treated more like cryptocurrencies, stable coins. So they'll be taxed like capital gains, sort of long-term based on how it's going hold them, but not as collectibles. Collectibles, generally speaking, have a higher tax basis. So that is uh, somewhat of good news. And I think even better, provides some more clarity for how to actually uh, handle these when they're filing taxes. There's definitely been some some guesswork needed uh, thus far. I mean, it's huge, man. Like the, the difference is, is real, right? So like the cryptocurrencies taxed at like 15 or 20%. Collectibles were taxed at a rate of 28%. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 20 cents. Like, this is, it's big. That's massive. Like, and also like what a formal recognition of NFTs. I like, I feel like we're cheating into the theme of it, but I'll tell you what, when you get your own tax classification, we're talking about taxes. Teenagers don't pay taxes. Adults pay taxes. Huh? How about that? There we go. How about oh, that? All right, Bob, I know we have more news, but that would have been a sweet transition. Yeah, that would have been good. If only I cared about editing enough to move it around. I was going to anyway. say, if we did some <laughs> things I won't be doing. Cut that, cut that, okay. cut that. And then maybe uh, to show it's not all uh, completely grown up, we've got another airdrop <laughs> coming from another marketplace trying to get market share. This is a uh, tried and true. Is, it, you know, vamp- I, is this called a vampire attack? Is it a... Somewhat. I think it's really... I don't think it's necessarily incentivizing past uh, usage on other platforms so this is trying to incentivize people to to use the platform and to opt into to royalties and that's some of the ways that you can actually earn earn the airdrop the airdrops being given out in uh that's in somewhat of like boxes so they won't be unwrapped until they launch their stable or their i'm sorry their coin i believe in January. So this is actually, the platform is backed by the VC firm Paradigm. They're one of the early and more successful uh, crypto VC, uh, VC, crypto VCs. So I think they they definitely will be able to get some traction here. They're definitely getting a lot of attention. I know there are a lot of hot and heavy NFT users that have already been using the marketplace. I've been noticing Blur show up as showing up as making up a good amount of volume uh, just recently, and that's before they officially launched. So I think it is one to, to look at. And if you are, look, I, I haven't read all the details of the airdrop, but I think it's worth checking out if you do have some NFTs you're listing. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt to list there, right? Uh, and this looks like you can find it at blur.io, B-L-U-R.io, in case you were worried you'd spell it correctly. Yeah, I'm not even going to connect my wallet to it just yet. I'm going to hold on and <laughs> just go ahead and wait and see real quick. 
Uh, so this one was cool. We talked a little bit about Tezos, and actually you were just talking about FX Hash. So Tezos is coming to Shopify. Uh, so that's a new network for Shopify users. They have integrated with Ethereum and now offering Tezos uh, integration for uh, Shopify owners. So I think that is good for Tezos. Talked about how hopefully they're just becomes more places where these don't get looked at as so much of different networks, but they're just NFTs. And in that case, you can appreciate some of the, the artists that have produced on other networks where you can, as you said, find some real bargains compared to uh, Ethereum. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I have loved FXAsh for that reason, because there are real artists there. Again, Tez is like, <laughs> it's fine, mostly stable. <laughs> mostly stable as a as a currency but again the the type of projects i see here are original they're interesting they look good i put them in a digital frame when compared to like throw a dart at if you throw a dart at solana projects right now versus what i see on fx hash like nine out of ten i would be taking the fx one like based on looks based on potential value it's just the the audience is not there but again getting adopted by shopify getting adopted as this is part of an NFT suite and we're judging things by the artist, the the aesthetic beauty or the utility as something that is, a, is an interesting step because Shopify is. Uh, and last year we've got a block bar. So this is an NFT project uh, that is tying the physical ownership of, of limited edition spirits to nfts and this is one i i actually heard about at maybe the first nft nyc i went to so about a year ago feels like a lot longer than that but at first i didn't quite understand how this would work or why nfts would be needed and it's one that i've when i reread it i kind of understood it a bit more and the idea is more that the uh the company gets the the physical product directly from the producer never goes anywhere else. You get the NFT. If you want to redeem it, you can do that at any point. Otherwise, they're going to store it. You can still trade the NFT so you know that it, they actually have it, that it's legit. There are big problems in the alcohol industry with high-end wines or high-end spirits. With forgery, there's estimates that it's over 30% of the market. So if you can take it right from the distributor to someone that is trusted to hold it, and then you can still actually trade the asset without actually mm. having to physically have the asset, somebody else still holds it the wine. entire time. Wow. You can know that it's actually wow. legitimate. So I, I I now understand that a bit more. It makes the asset tradable while somebody is trust somebody else holds it the whole time, trusted in a what I would assume is temperature controlled place. So it's a kind of interesting idea here when I read this a bit more. So I've got the link here for the article if you want to check that out. Yeah, and the site is blockbar.com. Spelled the right way, actually. No, no misspellings. This is fascinating as uh, as a way although it's actually even better because i feel like if i had like one of these whiskeys i'd be like i deserve it i worked hard i'm popping the this is like protecting you from you and protecting your asset it's like double protection that's right i mean if you gotta go actually <laughs> yeah put it in a vault make it hard to get to get your to your nft right and <laughs> <laughs> i mean you really then have you gotta, to be on a weird kind of bender to go hawk then that you gotta go get it yeah right uh oh my gosh Six ETH for this uh, Benreac twin set. I've got a Hennessy Paradise for uh, 1.9 ETH. 
really actually puts into perspective like what I'm actually spending my ETH on, but what I could be. I'm like, that's an asset backed thing. Like, let's just be honest. People like drinking alcohol and rich people like drinking expensive alcohol. I'm saying store of value right now. <laughs> hey, it's yeah. I mean, it is one that it definitely opens up more ownership opportunities to because it's generally more, it's generally easier to go grab an NFT or at least for in our world, it seems easier to grab an NFT than it would be to figure out how to get a high-end bottle that then is reserved at a, at some other place. So there's uh, a, a monkey yeah. shoulder ape whiskey for 0.12 which is co-branded with an ape i think i think there's a there's opportunity in here i mean oh, i know boy. whiskey's actually like we're in a we're in a domain where actually i may go go play around Find some value i mean just it's not gonna drop because like essentially you can call in the the whiskey right you can call in the asset right right i mean that's nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Let's just be clear. If he drops to like freaking eighty dollars, because we're like in terror territory, I'm like, I can go get a delightful bottle and be like, ah, oh. yeah. I mean, you may need it at that point, right? Twofer, twofer. Hedging. That's called Andrew. <laughs> that's called hedging. It's called hedging <laughs> with alcohol. Oh man, market opportunity. All right, so maybe we just found a new affordable project, or at least George is. This is only as much affordable here from what George has mentioned. So uh, maybe George is going to have to. Uh, Check that one out a bit more for us. Yeah, no, take a look. Monkey shoulder, I'm telling you. It's uh, combined with eight number 5400. Special edition release. I um, feel like that's counting. I don't know. Counting on that eight brand, huh? You're counting on eight brand plus. Is that, that going to be your first foray into the... <laughs> <laughs> into the UK whiskey labs ecosystem is through whiskey? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. I love this. This is great. Logical, utility, niche audience. Uh, this is smart, probably. I can't see anything wrong with this. We'll definitely have a follow-up on this one. <laughs> the next series of affordable projects, all whiskeys. Uh, all right. So we talked about your project, the Space Dust uh, Odyssey by Scott Carr. Kind of cool. Definitely take a look at that. Did we mention what the, the floor is on that right now? Floor is 0.009 right now. So there's not a whole yeah. lot of volume, but there are cool little characters. His pieces on they're Super fun. Rare, I think they're in the, I, mean, I think they're going in the threeth range or so. So um, they're, they've gotten pretty popular. So I could see these getting some traction at some point, but they're little fun little characters anyway, and definitely on the affordable side. So the link is here, 0.009 or 0.01, we'll call, call it uh, at this time. Let us know if... Uh, if that's changed much <laughs> when you're, by the time you're listening. <laughs> 0.009. Yeah. Yeah. Full well, I hate to say that and then find that it's jumped a bunch. And <laughs> I mean, which would be great. I now great, own one but... because, because gas is low and it was $12. So nice. I own, nice. I own they're, one now. They're fun little characters, I think. They, they are kind of fun. Check, you should check out his super rare ones too. He has some, a lot of animated ones. Definitely has a distinct style and you can see it in these pieces. Yeah, it's kind of like and doodles I, a little bit, I think. And that's what I sort of linked to uh, his super rare pieces as, as well. So he's, it was really cool. He, he reached out to me a couple times on Twitter and I'm not great at checking my, my Twitter DMs <laughs> also. Dope. So I completely <laughs> missed this, but he was nice enough to hold some aside and just, uh, sent them to me when I was very late on following up. So definitely appreciated that. Well, Scott, <laughs> if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you for 
for, for reaching out. We'll uh, hopefully see you more. Me. <laughs> Please say thank you for me because I was able to pick one up for twelve dollars. All, All right. right, our theme we've touched on it a bit, right? NFTs growing up, we teased it with the IRS saying like, look, literally the IRS, the like most boring, most hated, most annoying agency in the U.S. government is now saying this is a classification for this asset. This is how it should be taxed, which means stability, predictability, no more of like what, what is going to happen in the random spin the wheel of oops for taxation. So this is a huge note. I mean, in earnest, what, what year would you peg NFTs existing? 2017, would you call it? Or the start yeah, of I'd say that kind of for thing? For the most part, I think, yeah, I think 2017 is when there started to be some sort of trading to them. Um, I mean, five, five years, nothing to shake a stick at. We've had uh, a full bull run and bust cycle where we've gone through tulip mania. I think coming out of this, I'll, I'll say, when we finally, inevitably, I will say, come out of this bear market, I would say NFTs have grown up then. Because if you can survive this level of a hype cycle and still come back with utility, you've done it. You, you've, you've effectively grown up as sort of an asset, as a mainstay of cultural recognition. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, well, I think the projects that are coming out now, they seem different for the most part. That's not 100% true, but I don't feel like it's, I mean, there was a time where it was just every cartoon yacht club, whatever was coming out and, and, and actually doing pretty well. I think we're seeing less of those. We're seeing kind of a, a trend of what projects, not only the types of projects, but, you know, kind of the, the I mean, maybe it is the types of project, but not, we're seeing that it's not just one one cartoon after another that's going to uh, be the the project that sticks around. I think we're seeing a little bit of I mean, it's, uh, of who is going to stick around, of the types of people that are going to continue to 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 build and create during these quieter times when when the price isn't what's going to uh, be the I don't know, the what's getting you into it. So I, I think we're seeing that a bit, and I, I think we're also seeing that, like we said, we saw Reddit using this and getting 3 million new wallets coming in. And I think we've talked about Starbucks. We're starting to see other companies take these, like taking NFT as a technology and not just saying like, let's just put a picture on it and give it out and then just walk away. I think there's people that are looking at how to use the technology here. And we've talked a lot about how, how many opportunities there are for businesses to, to leverage NFTs in ways to have direct connections with their customers and be able to take out a lot of the, the sort of middle, the middlemen sort of uh, transaction layers that were that were there before, and still and start to understand their customers more. And I think that that's what we're starting to starting to see. It's taking some time, but NFTs are, are, are they are growing up. <laughs> I'd say the use cases of how they're being built into the plumbing, in the same way that. Most people, if you ask them, like, what is an NFT? They're like, I don't understand it. It's full of crap. But also if you ask them, like, what is electricity and how does it work? To be like, I don't know, but I really like my lights. I'm looking for NFTs as lights. I'm looking for that in the, I don't see it, but I use it level to say like, all right, I'm beginning to grow up because I've been built into the way I buy and sell a house. 
I'm built into the way my airline ticket works, the way my reward system is giving me a free coffee, the way that I can, instead of carrying another stupid card in my wallet, actually carry membership in a POAP NFT that can be read on site. Like those things where people use it, but don't realize they're using it. Uh, that, that would be a, a signal of growing up as opposed to, you know, you're going to it as a destination if that makes sense. So like the internet, I don't think like really grew up when we were all going to AOL.com to start our day. You're like, oh, let me go to the homepage of AOL.com to like figure out where I'm going. I think we're still a little bit there. Like I'm going to like OpenSea or I'm going to the trading platforms as opposed to it is integrated everywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think when it's part of it, as opposed to just being get the NFT and that's sort of the end goal that should be part of what you're doing, but not be yeah. the ultimate. Uh, there should be more action after that. It should just be part of, of this. I mean, that being said, there's a lot of different NFTs and where some are just meant to sit there. We're seeing some have utility and we're seeing that there's a technology here that can be deployed in different ways. And it's not all one thing. And I think that's, that's a big part of, of taking this, the, taking these seriously is looking at this as a technology that can be leveraged in so many different ways. And the idea of you see articles still that maybe say NFTs are a scam. It's going to start sounding like email is a scam. Like it's not, it, it doesn't make That's any exactly sense. It. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, there are spam emails and there are scams involved with some emails, but that doesn't, it doesn't make sense to say that they are all scams. It's just, they can be used in so many different ways. Back to the IRS thing. I think that the idea that we can that we can now look at the we can look at these forms and actually have a way to just say like this is how you file for NFTs means so much. It I imagine that it was just such a mess for for so many people last year. And I know I mean, even just that was, recently, I mean, you and I were one of those people, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, was I just do talking pay to taxes those on my freaking filing. NFT silliness. Yeah, even on the extension, I mean, it's probably why they came, did it just after, yeah. after the uh, the extension. But I know it, it was reminding me of some of the questions of like, was it collectible, collectibles or long-term, I mean, or capital gains. And it's just not even knowing how to do it. It definitely, it's nice to know that there you is. You want a funny conversation? Right. Have me talk, listen to me talk to the stupid folks doing my taxes about how I'm actually have gamblings on digital horses that actually have to be taxed a different way. <laughs> that was a fun explanation. No, you don't yeah. understand. I'm gambling on these horses. That's gambling. That's not NFTs. <laughs> oh, no, no. That one I bred. That's different. That wasn't gambling. That was that was skill. <laughs> well, yeah. And obviously, there's different line items for all of these, right? I think, oh, the other thing I did want to say is they in the uh, IRS and how they outlined this, they did say that they were uh, that they were open to these to other digital digital assets. So I think they they're just trying to recognize that this is an evolving asset class. There's a lot of things changing here, and I think that's that's good because they're not trying to necessarily say this is exactly what it is. I think that's been a problem in the past, and when technology moves quickly, you need to have something that is ready for for the changes to happen. Yeah. I mean, shockingly rational bit of policy. Like, wow. Right. And I think when you have Coinbase saying like, hey, look up the people that are, I mean, the, the elected officials that you can uh, understand their positions on crypto and then <laughs> use your money to vote. 
Uh, I think a lot of this uh, will will play more toward hopefully sanity and, and folks actually understanding how to how to manage this. Yeah, I haven't actually checked out those uh, those Coinbase action recommendations much. I'd be interested to check them out <laughs> as, uh, as with elections coming up to see what they do say. I did expect know. more like the amount being spent on midterms and stuff. I actually expected a bit more with regard to like NFTs and opportunity for for folks to do it. Like if you want to talk about like meet and greet, selling these things, like I, I didn't see very much at all, which is surprising. Yeah, even though I mean, like I think they're spending like seven, eight billion good at getting <laughs> money. Money, out of people. <laughs> money, money from supporters for nothing. I feel like that's a great place for JPEGs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man, just like the luxury brands. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess, again, we're talking about seven or eight billion being spent in these midterms on, uh, you know, a handful of races. It's like, wow, okay, not not much uh, not much crypto news. Maybe maybe I missed it. Yeah, I, I think that's the other side. It doesn't seem like it's been much of a talking point at all. And I thought there would be a little bit more discussion pushed out there. And I haven't even seen it in our world yeah all right there we have final so final thought i'm saying they are growing up they're not grown up they will be grown up when those types of things are happening when it's part of the plumbing when it's not the destination but it's part of the the process huge signal here that the irs has has, i mean finally done a thing that itemizes it in in a real way so this is this is awesome like this doesn't happen if nfts were like one and done doesn't happen if they were like tulips and dead. Uh, this just is uh, as they survive again into the future bull market, they will be grownups. <laughs> All right. Well, good talking about this one, George. Fun. Leave a, leave a comment. Every comment you leave gives us one more comment because that's how numbers work. All right. See you out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.